0: Amen. Let's take a moment to pray before we get into the word of God. Father, I thank you so much for this night. I thank you that, again, you've already been moving. I thank you for the privilege it is to share your word with your people. These are your precious people, Lord. And I pray that in the next few moments, God, you will just move through me, God. This is all about you. It's never been about us. It's about you. And I think that even through the, just the worship songs, there's a, a theme already set God, for tonight. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for confirming your word for who you are in our lives, the one who leads us to all truth, who glorifies the Son, who brings glory to the Son. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It's funny, uh, this week I was praying about what to share and I was pretty sure the Lord was leading me a certain direction. But then this morning I woke up, it's a completely different, everything. So I was like, Jesus, you're good. So I want to follow him. Uh, that's my desire. So I want you guys to go to Second Chronicles chapter 19. <clears> 2 <throat> Chronicles chapter 19. We're going to examine the life, a little bit of the life of Jehoshaphat, um, man of God. He was a king of Israel. He's basically the successor of, uh, of Ahab. Ahab was a, a wicked king. Uh, in chapter 19, in verse 5, we see that Jehoshaphat uh, is beginning to do reforms. He's, be, he's beginning to change things and doing things right in God's eyes. It says he appointed judges in the land in all the fortified cities of Judah, city by city. He said to the judges, consider what you are doing, for you do not judge for man, but for the Lord who is with you when you render judgment. Now let the fear of the Lord be upon you, for very, but be very careful what you do, for the Lord our God will have no part in unrighteousness or partiality or the taking of a bribe. So Jehoshaphat is, is giving instruction to these judges. He's bringing in a new order. He's doing God's will. He's going against the grain and how things have been wicked and just corrupt in Israel. And as you continue to read forward, he's giving other instructions um, to other leaders and to the priests and to the Levites. Uh, So we want to pick up, uh, I wanted to give you a little bit of context. I'm going to pick up in chapter 20, verse 1. Now it says, now it came about after this, after he's been doing these reforms, that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Munites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, and behold, they are in Hezazon Tamar, that is, in Jedi. So as Jehoshaphat's been doing the right thing, he's making some reforms, I mean, he's setting the tone, he wants to follow the Lord, it says, after this, here comes the enemy, gathering up a multitude of people against Jehoshaphat. A large army is coming up against him. And we're going to learn some things about his life and how he responds, because the typical Christian, when we're doing the right things, we expect many times always the right results. We're looking for God, to so every time we obey God or things are going well, we're always expecting God to just come through and it's always going to be good. There's not going to be any opposition. We have this weird theology that in the midst of us doing what's right, there's no harm or no opposition going to come to us. When the Bible is very clear in the New Testament that we're basically, we're described as a soldier. We're in a war. We talked about that. We're going to war for Pastor Steve. You know, we're, we're in the midst of uh, the enemy trying to take out a man of God who's influenced many of us. And he's interested in taking you out <laughs> So the interesting is, here's Jehoshaphat, he's doing the right things, the, the, the enemy's coming, he came about after this, the enemy's coming. And then Jehoshaphat does this, the Bible says in verse 3, Jehoshaphat was afraid, and turned his attention to seek the Lord, and proclaimed the fast throughout all of Judah. You know, it's funny, many times when things happen uh, like this, we get opposition, people don't want to admit they're afraid. You know, it's like, it's almost sinful. Like, oh man, you're afraid. How could you not, how could you be afraid? You know, it's okay to admit you're afraid in the midst of some trials. But the key verse here is not allowing fear to dominate what's going on. He says, I was afraid, but he turns his attention to the Lord. He says, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, man, this is crazy. A whole army is coming up against me, but I'm going to turn my attention to the Lord, and I'm going too fast. And all of Judah begins to do the same thing in verses 4 and in 5. So we mentioned fasting earlier. Fasting is so critical in our lifestyles. I know for for many of us it's a struggle to really embrace fasting. But fasting, in a a nutshell, is you putting yourself in a position where you're just going to be more sensitive to hear God's voice. And the Bible is very clear. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. It shakes the very the dryness that many of us may be experiencing. The, the, the staleness of just walking with Christ in times. The, the dryness. Right? I'm so dry. I mean, people mention it. Man, it's because maybe you haven't heard His voice. Maybe you ever heard God speaking to you, where you could be so encouraged and fired up that there is no dryness. You know, there is no oh my gosh, and what's going on. But here we read very clearly that they're going to set themselves, they're going to set their attention to seek the Lord and fast. I'm going to put myself in the best possible position to hear from him. So the first thing he does is he's afraid he admits it. There's nothing wrong with that. And then he turns himself to seek the Lord and they begin to fast. Verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? Are you not the ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hands so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, O God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? So Jehoshaphat's prayer, interestingly enough, is he's focusing on, in his prayer, the character of God. This many times is what we miss in the midst of trials. Uh, we're, we're looking at our situations, we're looking at what the enemy doing, and, and we don't take the time to reflect on who he is in the midst of all these situations. The Bible says when David was attacked, you know, and, and they just ransacked and kidnapped some of the people, that he encouraged himself in the Lord. And the way he encouraged himself is by meditating meditating on God's character. He's reflecting on who God is. I mean, God does not change. Does anybody know? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our situations is what changes in this life. But he does not change. So in the midst of our trials, in the midst of the enemy just coming up and challenging us, challenging us in our, in our position of faith that we're going to do what's right, man, we need to start looking at his character. we got to stop looking at ourselves gotta stop looking at our past. we got to stop looking at the times that we've disobeyed and we've missed it. That's not what God's interested in. He's interested in if you're going to focus on who he is. This is the key. Because if you don't know who he is, your situations are going to get the best of you. It happens all the time. And we start making judgments about God's character based on situations. So things are not happening your way, so God must be, I mean, that's what the devil wants. He wants you to make a conclusion about who God is. This is why in Joshua chapter 1, God commends and instructs Joshua, meditate in the word day and night. Why? Jesus is the word. You want to know Jesus, you got to be in the word. There is this great thinking today that somehow you can separate the word of God from Jesus Christ. That you can can seek Jesus without the word. You, you won't spend any time in the Word, but you'll praise Him and worship Him. No, it doesn't work that way. The Word, the Word is Jesus Christ. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So there's this great idea that, man, I, I'm not going to spend any time in the Bible, but I'm going to worship Him. Now, you need to be in the Word, because that's where you know who He is, and that's where your heart is convinced about His character, because trials are coming. Listen, we're in the midst of a transition—a transition to become a family. Isn't it interesting that even the tribes of Israel are named after brothers? Issachar, Benjamin—all these—all these guys, this, the twelve tribes of Israel, are named after brothers. I mean, guys constantly remind them, "Hey, you're family. You're family, and how you treat each other is critical." But how you treat each other is based on how you know my character. So Jehoshaphat is like, man, I'm remi-, he's reminding himself, this is who you are, you're the God of power. Man, he just, he's encouraging himself in the midst of an army just rallying up against him. Verse 14, let's scroll down. Then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jezeel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jezeel, man, I love how they do this, the son of the son of the son of... <laughs> the son of Mattaniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. And he said, Listen, all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the Lord, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them, and behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in the front of the wilderness of Jerome. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. So in the midst of them meditating on God's character, the Lord speaks. Many times, that's how you're going to hear God's voice. In the midst of you reflecting on who He is, He's the great I Am. There's no shadow of turning at him. He's not a liar. It is impossible for him to lie. You're meditating on his character. This is why meditation is so critical. What you meditate on is going to determine your destiny. If you're meditating on your character, good luck. But if you turn your attention to meditate on who he is, the rock that does not change, you're putting yourself in a position where he's going to speak to you. You're going to hear his voice. Now, he's speaking to them. He says, Don't be dismayed. This particular battle is mine. Now, many times we just read this verse and say, Man, all the battle is the Lord, and you know, we, we never think that we have to fight. But he makes it very clear. He says, You need not fight in this battle. In this particular one, you don't have to fight. But you will have to fight. Because sometimes we feel like, Man, God's going to just fight all my battles for me and <laughs> to sit back and just be passive. But you need to fight the battle in your mind because the enemy is putting so much junk in your mind. And what does he attack the most? He attacks the character of God. From the very beginning in Genesis, he's always questioning, is God really good? Is he really for you, Adam? Is he, really, is he, I mean, is he trying to keep something from you, Adam? He's constantly attacking his character. So we hear here in verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed his head, with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. The Levites from the sons of Kohaitz and the sons of Kohaitz stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. I want to sit here a little bit in this particular verse because the battle hasn't taken place yet. But they're already praising him. See, many times... We find ourselves waiting to praise God before the battle is won, before it actually manifests, before something really happens. But God is calling us to a different level of faith that is based on the fact that what he's promising, he's saying right here, I'm going to fight this battle, it's done. They're responding with faith, they're responding with praise. Man, we're going to praise him right now. We're going to praise him right now. We're going to worship him because he's spoken to us. He's not a liar. Remember, they're meditating on his character. He speaks. They know who he is, and they're going to praise him. If we're waiting always for good results to praise God, my gosh, we praise him because of who he is. Because no matter what's going on, he deserves all the praise. If we're waiting for a condition to be met for us to praise him, that is called carnality. You're being carnal. If you're waiting for God to show up and do something for you to praise him. Now you think about it this way. God doesn't wait for you to respond to him for him to love you. So why should we we be waiting to praise him? He shows up, I mean, Romans 5 makes it very clear. He dies for us while we're still sinners, while we're still without strength. While with any, of us, with any of us really even wanted to seek him, he dies for us. I'm dying for your sins. People, that hate him. And we wait until something happens to praise him. Something's wrong there. You think about Paul and Silas in the, in the book of Acts after they cast out that demon that's, a, that's affecting this woman who has a, a, the ability to fortune tell, and once she, has the, she loses the ability, the demon's cast out, these men are like, man, they just he just killed our money-making business. So they rally up a crowd, and they're like, man, come on, man, we're going to get these guys locked up, we're going to get them beat down, and that's exactly what happens. Paul and Silas are thrown into prison, they're scourged, they're beaten, they're thrown into the inner stocks, they're locked up. But at midnight... Paul and Silas are worshiping God. So they're not waiting for the deliverance. <laughs> they know who God is. They're like, I'm going to stand right here and praise him, no matter how I feel. You think they felt good? Being scourged? Man, look at, look at the passion and, th- and think about scourging. <laughs> These men are, are beat up. they got to be washed later. they got to be cleaned up because of the abuse on their bodies. See, this is, the, this is the type of faith and praise that's required in this time. We need to take it to another place, another level. Because the reality is, if we're always in a state carnal and babes, if we're always waiting for God to do something for us to respond to Him, we're never going to grow up. There was a generation destroyed in the wilderness because they eventually said, I don't want to really truly follow God. They were looking out for themselves. And the Bible says that Caleb and Joshua fully followed the Lord. He makes it a point in Numbers 32 to stress that they fully followed him. There was a process where their hearts were being challenged through, the, through their situation. I mean, they're in the desert. They're in the wilderness. And the people say, you know what? Enough is enough. I want my T-bone steak back in, e- in Egypt. I'm done, bro. They, 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 they try to get a leader to kill Moses and Aaron. They're like, man, you guys are going to get whacked. We're done. This is whack. We, we want to go back. We want to we feed our flesh. We want to serve ourselves. And that generation gets wiped out. Now talk about maturity. You talk about two guys who were faithful and had to wait 40 years to walk into the promised land. And you never hear nothing about them complaining. And man, why do we got to wait, Lord? We were faithful. What's going on? We got to wait for these dudes? I mean, there's none of that in the Bible. So my challenge to you tonight is, now, we have to understand that the key thing in the scriptures is for us to meditate on the character of God. There should be a praise that's being produced in the midst of our situation. Everyone's situation is different, but our praise should not be any different. It shouldn't change because the stock market goes down. It shouldn't change because you got laid off. He's still the same God. And this is how you encourage yourself in the midst of your storms and even those who are watching. Remember, the jailer is looking at Paul and Silas. He's like, how can I be saved? (laughs) This is crazy. We just threw you in the jail. And in the Bible, you know, in in the book, Acts 16, it says that after they were worshiping him, an earthquake, a great earthquake happened where they were released from prison. God is constantly moving. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits. It's his dwelling place, the the praises of his people. I wish I could promise you that you're going to have some sort of weird, uh, no stress, no challenge life in this walk. I'd be lying to you. But man, there's an incredible joy when you reach the place that no matter what comes, no matter hell or I don't care what comes my way, I'm going to praise him. Will you determine in your heart that this is who he is and despite these situations, I'm going to praise him. This is what the people are doing. And you read later on in verse 20, it says, they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa and when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in his holy attire as they went out before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. So God is saying, listen, Jehoshaphat is saying, listen, we're going to put the worship team in front of the army. We're going to sing. We're going to praise God right now. <laughs> Come on, man. If there isn't a clear picture of the power of praise, of faith operating. And what happens? What happens in the next verse? When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. The Lord broke in and he says ambushes against the enemy as they began singing and praising God. There's, so, there's such an incredible principle there. Man, next time you face some devil, you get on your knees and start worshiping God. You just go straight on your face. There's no reason for you to get, I mean, yes, you want to you be a little afraid, okay? I'll give you that. Jehoshaphat was afraid. But turn your attention and seek the Lord. Seek him and meditate on his character, who he is. You're going to hear his voice. Romans chapter 8 says something pretty wild. I try not to be long. This is uh, not long but strong, right? (laughs) Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that God causes all things, all things, to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that we would be the firstborn among many brethren. I'll sort on the verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? I mean, you think about that. If Jesus Christ was sent to the cross for us, let's keep reading. If God is for us, who could be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will you not also with him freely give us all things? He's basically saying, listen, I've already given you my best. So why wouldn't I give you all these other temporal things? I've given you my best. So why worry and be concerned about things that are temporal. See, this is where praise bursts forth. Because obviously he's for us if he already gave us the best he could ever offer us. See, our minds need to be convinced on his character. If he says he loves us and he wouldn't have given us Jesus Christ, okay, you could question his character. you question him. But to question his character, knowing that you say you're a believer... And that you believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Son of God, perfect gift from God. There's another level of praise that we should be offering to God. There's another level of praise. For he's already bankrupt heaven for us. He's already said, listen, I'm going to send my best to you. And now, out of that perspective, out of that reality, you should praise me all day No matter what, (laughs) no matter what's happening, no matter what persecution, no matter what's coming our way, we can praise him. And in the midst of that, we will see him move. We will see him vindicate. We will see him heal us. For many of us here, I really believe, even in worship, the Lord said to me, there's many people who have concluded and have made up their mind about my character based on their situations. It's a dangerous thing to believe God based on situations. We believe him based on the word of God, how he reveals himself, period. That's it, through the word. If situations don't line up, seek his face. But don't stop praising him. Don't stop worshiping him. In the midst of your trial, whatever you're going through, God is going to come through. You see these people, um, you think about even Peter, you know, who gets this great revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, and a few sentences later in the Gospels, you see him being rebuked by Jesus, get behind me, Satan. Revelation isn't enough. God may open your eyes to some things, but man, you need to meditate on that revelation. You need to make sure that thing is so part of you. It it is the Word made flesh. It is that Word becoming so real to you that the righteous, like the Bible says, the righteous are not moved. We're not moved by opposition. We have the Word of God. The very thing that created the universe, we have the Word. And we we are the people of God. So I, I, I want tonight, just through these scriptures, to really challenge you guys in regards to just who, who, the, who God is to you, and if you're really waiting for God to just—are you waiting for God to do something? Praise Him. I know there's some promises that have been spoken to a lot of people in this room, prophetic words, maybe some things that haven't come to pass. If it's God's word and you're seeking Him, you can bank on it—that it's going to come to pass. God has never reneged on His word; He's not a liar. <laughs> This is the confidence that we have. We are serving and trusting in someone who has never lied to anyone. He can't lie. <laughs> so this is why these people rejoice. Because once the Lord spoke to this prophet, this man of God, they're like, man, this battle is over with. We're good. <laughs> Let's praise him. So I want to just pray now. Um uh, I said, I'm I'm not going to be long. This is what the Lord put in my heart for you guys. Um, Father, I thank you so much for your word. Jesus, for far too long, um, many of us have been in this carnal place, God, where even in some respects we think that you owe us something. You don't owe us anything, God. You don't owe us a thing. Jesus, we need to offer up sacrifices of praise to you, God. I want everyone to stand up, please. I want to stand up. Jeff, could you play one of those songs? Let's take some time to practice the presence of God. It says, He inhabits the praises of His people. My challenge to you tonight is to pray that your praises are not going to be based on situations. Your praises are going to be based on who he is. And you need to put a period behind that sentence. Not a question mark, a period. I'm going to determine in my heart to worship you, God, no matter what I'm going through. The Bible says that Job says, The blessed be the name of the Lord he giveth and he taketh away. And Job lost everything, but he's still blessing God. He said, God, is, he's, he's real. This is who he is. And I know many of us uh, have gone through things, but I really believe that in your praise, when you live above the situation, you're going to find healing in your own heart. That your mind is going to be renewed to who he is. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.